This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Adam and Bobby. Adam and Bobby are the founders of Aaron Properties, and they'll share the story about how they managed to do over $100 million in real estate transactions in the Bay Area in just two and a half years. They will give us actionable steps to succeed, and will tell us exactly what they would do if they had to start all over again. Enjoy. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are and how you guys got into real estate investing. So I'm Bobby, and uh, the, the way I got into real estate investing was actually through, through college. I, I, I knew I didn't want to go to school, so I tried finding a way to get out of school, and that was through real estate. I knew that the, the way most people got their wealth and kept their wealth and had a lot of residual income was through real estate in some form or fashion. And if you look at most of the, like, the wealthiest people in the world, all of them have some type of business that has to do with real estate. Uh, most people who have created their, their wealth is with real estate in one way. So I knew I, I wanted to do that in some form or fashion. And I just started reading a lot of real estate books and got really into it in college and actually dropped out a few times got my license and kind of did my own thing trying to get into it. But that was right around 2008. So the market crashed and it was kind of like, all right, well, I guess real estate isn't the thing to get started in right now. And from there, I joined the military, worked for the city, uh, worked for the, for the federal government. I got out of the military, started working for the federal government and had a couple of different jobs with the federal government. One was traveling a lot. I was probably gone, I think maybe about 50% of the time. And then I, I really, really quickly found out that, all right, I can't be gone this much. In the military, I was gone quite a bit as well. I was living apart from my wife then and kids afterwards. So I was like, all right, I need to get back home and kind of stay put. So I got a job at NASA and finished off there. And that's kind of really where the, the, the flipping and investing started taking off. Um, it, NASA allowed me the time to kind of focus on it a little bit more. So from there, it was just like, all right. NASA is my kind of place I have to drive to every day, but real estate is where we're, we're going to start picking up real quick. And Adam and I had always been involved in some type of business in some form or fashion pretty much since we met each other in college at San Jose State. So we kind of rehooked up after I got out of the military since I was back up in the area now. And we were all trying to figure out what we were going to get started next. And we had a couple different ideas. And then real estate was, is, of course, his passion as always. And so we've figured out that we're going to get something done with flipping houses and we'll, we'll start managing that. And so then once, once we put our heads together for that, we, we spun our tires for a, about a year and a half, two years, and then just exploded. Even before then, so I'll, I'll go quick then. I, I got into this as well. Um, kind of like Bobby, uh, we were both very into real estate. I, I always joke that we'd be like in a biology class, but like uh, we go to like free reading time. And inside of that biology book, I have like Robert Allen's zero down or something. And I was always just super impressed by all these uh, real estate techniques I was reading about. So after college, I actually became an agent. And to this day, <clears throat> I, I've only done one deal as an agent. And that was buying my own property back in around 2009, right after the, uh, the crash. I bought a five bedroom, two bath home, in East San Jose, it's large, like a 2,000 square foot home. I bought it for 300,000. Uh, I used my, my license on it. And with that commission, uh, I basically eradicated the cockroaches. There was like, got rid of all the mice. Like the place was beat to shit. Uh, got new carpets, paint, pizza, and beer for my friends to help get the place taken care of. And to this day, that was the only time I'd ever used my license. Uh, and from there, I just rented out the, the rooms to a bunch of friends. And really didn't do anything until about maybe right around three, three and a half years ago. Uh, that kind of ties into uh, when Bobby and I were kind of starting to put our heads to this and, and get serious with this. Uh, in the last two years now, we, we have bought and sold a little over $100 million worth of real estate. And uh, we, we've been the agents on none of this. And a big part of our business model has actually been working with real estate agents. 
Uh, so we never want to step on toes. We never wanted our licenses to kind of uh, get in the way of that. So we just, we, we kind of dropped those and that was kind of the history. So I guess you could say I was an agent at one point, but really I use it as an investment property. And recently I sold that property, moved that money into a, a Mountain View fourplex. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like me. I have a license, but I don't use it. That's what I, exactly. Same as me. I represented myself as a buyer and, I, and then, like I said, I used that commission to get rid of the cockroaches and the rats. So it was... I cleaned the place up. It, it needed heavy, 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 heavy work. Just sold it not too long ago for a little, a little shy of a million. So I was pretty stoked. So that was a nice little come up on that one. Damn, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. It seems like you guys have been into it from a very young age. And I'm surprised that you guys even knew to go into real estate because most people don't even find out about that until like after they graduate from college, they're working and then they hate their job. Then they try to find out a way out of that. But it seems like you guys had it a long time ago. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'll speak for both of us. We both knew real estate is where we needed to be before we even graduated college. Nice. So what kind of projects are you guys currently doing? So at the moment, uh, great question. We, we have a couple of projects. We have a couple of multifamilies we've been doing. Uh, we, we've done quite a few of those. We've probably done at least, what, seven, eight multifamilies over the last year, um, as well as single families. As of the time of this podcast, uh, we're slowly unwinding. So we're going to be taking about a month and a half off. Uh, we're always looking for deals. We still have people here working on our behalf. But personally, most of the stuff we currently have on the books uh, are mostly multifamilies. And we had about three or four single families that just got sold off. So we're trying to kind of get everything off the books. Uh, we'll probably take on a few wholesales before we leave. But we're both out of here in about 10 days. Bobby's heading over to Columbia. Uh, and I'll be heading over to Japan to take some time off. So. So for this year, for example, we've sold one house and we've done three wholesales. So it's uh, we're slowly starting to change because wholesaling is a little bit easier to do uh, remotely versus having to do the hands-on with the, the managing the construction and managing all the projects and all that stuff. So yeah, you know, we've been going to the same real estate investing meetups groups who are in the same circuit and we've probably been going around around the same time frame, right? Past two, three years. So what changed for you guys in these past two or three years that made you guys just explode from spinning your tires to now where you are? Good question. I, I would say, so our first deal, I, I know a lot of people in the investment circles know uh, Mr. John Paiva, if you're aware of him. Yep. Another savvy investor, a, a very good friend of ours. Awesome guy. Great guy. Fucking love John. Um, but anyways, uh, a, a while back, uh, it was interesting. It was a random story. It was, it was my mother actually pointed out, I was at a Harry's Hofbrauch for my, for my dad's birthday. And there was a meetup that they would do there. And uh, my mom kind of was like, hey, sweetheart, you do real estate. You should go in there, you know? So I had gone in there, uh, kind of, I, I basically said, hey, I'm here for my dad's birthday. I got about five minutes. Who are the three big fish in this room I should talk to? And John Piva was one of them. And he's the only one I remember. The other two I never stayed in touch with. And uh, with John Piva, he ended up sending us our first deal. So our first deal, it was actually a super heavy fixer in Concord. Uh, Bobby and I had had literally just cashed out our life savings to to buy this thing cash. Uh, and this just goes back to the the old adage: the luck favors the prepared. Because this was just straight up luck, but it was it created was by ourselves. Yes, John had too much stuff going on at the time. He didn't want to deal with Concord, so he was like, "Hey, boys, I don't want this, but I think it's a good deal. You should look into this." When we got there, the house was just. And I think it was about a four inch variant. Cracks about that big in the ceiling. Yeah. It, it's like, like four inches. It looks like, like one of those movies where like Mars attacks and like the building system like shot with a couple of lasers. Like it was just <laughs> destroyed, water damage. You had cracks probably three inches thick going from the ceiling to the floors. Uh, it was just heavily, heavily beat up. But fixed up, it was probably worth, I think it ended up selling for what, 550, 600,000? Close to 600, yeah. Yeah. So we basically bought that for the low threes. Uh, we, we knew nothing about it. Like, uh, we, we got in, we were kind of scared. Like we, we knew we had a deal that was we it. knew we had a deal. We didn't know how we we're going to get rid of the deal. We had, we had no experience. So, uh, we ended up buying it. We're like, you know, we'll make this work. We'll figure it out. We pulled all the money we had. Uh, we cashed out all of our stocks, everything we had, we put into this. And, uh, we ended up, we got lucky. Uh, we, we, we took it on. We, we did a quick little cleanup. There was probably about maybe 15,000 pounds of garbage. So we ended up doing about maybe eight eight truckloads of garbage to get out of there. Uh, and we just kind of started pulling it around. So we just kind of put it on Craigslist, uh, whatever medium we could to, to piece it out there uh, to see if we can get an end buyer. And uh, lo and behold, somebody ended up coming and they bought it for about 50000 more than we had paid for it. 
um, maybe a little more, it was like 60K, whatever yeah. it was. So after everything was said and done, we, we, we walked away with uh, just shy of about 45, 47 grand in profits. And uh, that was kind of our aha moment. Uh, it was a kind of creating that muscle memory. We're like, all right, you can make money in this. It does make sense. Shortly after that, we parlayed that capital into a fourplex off of 10th Street, downtown San Jose. Uh, that was a winner for us. We ended up buying that one for $1.2 million. We put about maybe 115 k into it, and we sold it for a little over $2 million. Uh, my understanding is it's still one of the highest, if not the highest priced fourplex in San Jose. Uh, we actually got a call from, I think, who was it? Was it LoopNet? CoStar? Yeah. yeah, they called it an outlier, and they just wanted to verify that that was the correct price. So if you do the math, we, we made uh, just shy of 700000 on that one. And that was like a big, big aha moment. So having that kind of cash reserve, because neither one of us come from money. So this is all money that we've just been saving, saving, saving. So after that one, we just leveraged hard. Like we were like, you felt like we were, we were invincible. So within probably six months of that, we were holding close to about $20 million from the projects. We had somewhere around 12 projects at one point. Uh, at we, one point we had, it was about $70,000 a month in holding costs. And we had at one point about $500 in the bank account. A little bit less. It was like 497 And we were sitting there. We had, you know, a couple properties on the market getting ready to be sold. But it was just, that was how leveraged we got. So we scaled quick and we just went big. We figured if we're going to do it, let's go all in. The timing of the market was right. It didn't look like it was going to be cooling down anytime soon. So we went, you know realistically we started out with a single family home and then we just jumped from there straight into a fourplex which is i don't think most people would do that so we kind of went hard real fast we at the time we didn't have a contractor lineup we didn't know anything about hard money we had to figure all of that out um so a, a little tidbit there is uh we interviewed several several contractors uh, we, we basically brought out about eight contracting teams all during a one hour window just so they can kind of see like, hey, like these guys like have competition and bids like we better come in with a great price. And lo and behold, we had people quote us as low as maybe like 110,000 up to about 250,000. Maybe even one guy was like 300,000 to do all four units. This would have been two bedroom, one bath, complete remodels. So the place was really shot. Um, and, uh, we got lucky. We, we ended up getting a great contracting team. They weren't even the lowest bid, but it was a, um, it was a lady who was actually, it was her, her and her husband. And it was a lady who we had dealt with, um, a Chinese lady, actually a total sweetheart. And, and to this day, we always tell her it was her handshake that, that got her the deal. Like, uh, we, we've done over 20 projects together. Uh, they including a lot of these are fourplexes or more. So they probably worked on at least 40 doors for us over the years. And uh, we told her, like, we chose you because of your handshake. Like, she you, had a strong, firm, strong handshake. firm handshake. She's always been good to us. Even that time when we were highly leveraged, like Bobby was saying, we had about 70000 in uh, notes. And we, we had 500 bucks in the bank. Uh, we asked her kindly if she would parlay us paying her what we owed her on a few projects. And once they sold out, we would give her a bonus. And she was just so sweet. No problem. You guys have always paid. I, I like what you guys are doing. So she took care of us. We eventually took care of her. And... We've had a great working relationship with our contractor ever since. Wow. So you just use her as like the main. Do you have anyone else doing your jobs for you? Every so often, we might just send in some like quick subs for light stuff. But for the most part, they've kind of become our in-house contractors. Uh, we've really helped them expand their business. Uh, it's at the point now that we can just call them and they'll start the next day. So if we had a project fall on our laps tonight, uh, we were good to go tomorrow. They'll literally be there at 6 a.m. ready to work. Awesome. Awesome. Can we talk a bit about how you're closing on so many deals at once? So, I mean, I know you guys have a lot of cash, but are you guys also using like private money lenders? Hard money. So it's just hard money and you guys are funding everything else. So originally we were using a lot of hard money and, and we still do. Uh, and at a point too, when we were getting extremely leveraged, we would even do private money and a combination of even partnering up with people too. So we're always finding a lot of deals. We had no problem partnering with others to bring them in on it, have, have them close on it. And we might take X amount of percent of the profits. Uh, no, normally we, we try to take half or more uh, based on uh, kind of who came up with what, but it's so yeah, but using those techniques it allowed us to get very leveraged. Uh, even at one point, Bobby cashed out like everything he had. I, I even leveraged one of my properties to kind of push stuff. This is when we were like in that very leveraged 20 million plus range. So we were doing, we were just whatever we have, Bar borrow against it, be it our vehicle, be it my, 
my PlayStation 4, like whatever it was, we, we were willing to like say, I'll use this as collateral. Like, just get us some more money. Nice. All right. So how are you guys currently finding deals and what is your buying criteria when you, when you look at a deal? So we, we market heavy. Um, we, we have all sorts of techniques. Uh, we, we, we use a lot of, uh, we, we of course have our own proprietary techniques that we use online that we, we do a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy online marketing. Uh, we, we, we've, we've created our own systems to kind of find the right people and stay in contact with the right people. Uh, we also use a lot of agents. So we have built, we have built a lot of organic relationships with high quality agents and uh, they, they see that we do deals. They, they see that we're timely, we're consistent. We don't try to skimp them on commissions. We take care of them. And lo and behold, they take care of us. So uh, th- that has been a great source. Uh, another huge factor that has played a role in us getting deals is just the synergy that Adam and I bring to the table when we go into to purchase a property. Through the negotiating, just the rapport building, everything that goes into getting a, a purchase completed, uh, we have an excellent synergy. We just kind of go off of each other and we're able to really get a lot of deals that way through agents, just, you know, straight to the sellers and uh, pretty much through any, any way we find deals just through that, we're able to get it pretty much in the bag when we go out there, if we go out there. And what would you say is your percentage versus of uh, like buying a property direct from seller versus getting an agent to do it for you? We'll split it up into this way. So from sellers and then through um, wholesalers and through agents. I think those are the three major outlets that we use. So straight to sellers is probably about, I'd say, 15 to 20%. And then wholesalers is about 5 to 10%. And agents are about 60 to 75%. Wow, that's a big percentage. So do you guys do direct mail at all or is it all online marketing? We do direct mail. Okay. We, we like direct mail. Gotcha. And what do you think is your marketing budget for all that? It's funny. To this day, we have probably spent, we, we recently did one very large marketing campaign where we probably spent about 10000 uh to market. But before that, we were probably below like 6000 for a budget. Less so, than 20000 Yeah. To this day, we're less than 20000 in marketing. And that marketing that we've done has probably generated us at least three to 400000 in profits. I see. Okay. Yeah, you actually have like the complete opposite model of most of the people I've talked to, besides like Elisa. Like everyone else uses direct mail very heavily. Some people even do like 10 grand per week. How much, just out of curiosity, I haven't heard Elisa's podcast. She's a friend of ours, actually. A year or two ago, she actually took us a coffee and she was picking our brains and we just knew she was going to be successful. Like she's so ambitious. Yeah, she crushed it this last year. She's been crushing it. Yeah, so if you're watching this, Elisa, we're super proud of you. So it's really nice to see you coming up. Yep. It's nice to see like just really nice people be successful in this industry. Uh, you, you don't need to sacrifice your uh, moral standards for success. So we're really glad to see her come up. Mm-hmm. But I, I never saw that podcast. What, what was her budget out of curiosity? I'm, I'm curious what she was spending on marketing. Zero. Oh, zero. Yeah. Okay. She's taking the whole just uh, strictly agents, I believe. Just straight up agents. Yep. She said she would like lock herself in a room and just call agents for hours and call like maybe 700 sure. agents. And of those 700, you know, you meet with maybe 100. And then out of those 100, maybe 10 people actually give you something. That's that's fair. Yeah, you talk to a, exactly. You know, I, I don't think that's too far off. You talk to 300 agents. Uh, we'll even say you talk to 100. It's kind of like the 100, 110-1 rule. You talk to 100 agents. Uh, 10 of them might send you something that kind of makes sense. You'll get one deal out of it. Uh, I don't think that's too far off. Yep. So are you getting like most of your deals from like one agent in particular, like one guy sending you guys most of the deals or is it like no, kind of a mix? To this yeah. day, I think our best agent found us what, like two, three properties. It was a two, two for one, two. No, actually. So yeah, two, three, 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 three. We count Mikey. Yeah. He's an agent. So we have three agents who have found us multiple deals. One found us two in one shot. So we bought two properties at the same time. And those, uh, those made us quite a bit. And then another agent, he found us one. It's actually funny. He found us one that he tried selling and he had it in contract with probably four people and none of them wanted to close on it. And so it came back on, this is all off market. So it came back kind of on the off market and he, he found us and we were pretty much the last shot before he was going to bring it to market and the house was just a total mess. And so we picked it up and then uh, we held on to it, cleaned it up, kind of uh, got some things done with the city there were some permitting issues. So we got some, didn't really get them cleared up, but got a lot of questions answered to make it more clear for the next person. 
and ended up selling it, doing nothing to it for, I think it was like a quarter million more. Or something a quarter like million plus in profits on that. And one. that same agent, we just did our second deal with him about two, three months ago. So he was he was the next one that did we did two outside of being the same transaction, and then another agent we did we've done probably what three or four deals with three or four deals with this was actually a close friend that I, I personally known for a good decade plus and over the last couple of years has become a very good friend of both of us, and uh, that is probably the gentleman who's brought us the most deals. So uh, you no, know, it's to say that there's just one or two agents that bring a majority of the deals. I don't think so. It's you, if an agent brings you two deals, they're an all-star in this yeah. industry, in my opinion. Uh, very rarely have we seen agents bring more than two to three deals. Keep in mind that we've only really been like doing deals for the last two, two and a half years. Uh, so uh, talk to me in five years down the line. We already have one agent now who we just did a deal with about a week or two ago. Uh, we had another one lined up with them that we're still working on, and he just brought us two more today. So he might be our new superstar agent. So. You never know. So in time, some people might start shining through, but I think we're still kind of young in our career to find out who our uh, 10 plus deal agent's going to be. Gotcha. Going back to when you had the whole contractor lineup and you had a bunch of them come in for that one hour to like compete against each other. How did you even find them in the first place? Uh, Yelp, Yelp and Angie's list. Google, the internet, one or two referrals. Got it. And then the contractor you ended up using, she was from Yelp or the referral? Yep. Yeah, they were from Yelp. Uh, they're, they're, they're just phenomenal. Like, like we said, uh, we think the bids all came in fairly, uh, fairly tight for the most part, just because everyone's seeing each other there in one spot. So uh, I think if someone's looking for a contractor, that's uh, that's one golden nugget right there to help you kind of build your team. That and go off the handshake, no limp fish handshakes. Yeah. We like, <laughs> we like good eye contact, good handshakes. That tells a lot about a person. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Can we go back and talk about your buying criteria? Like when you see a deal, how do you know this is the deal I want to go on versus Let's pass and move on to the next one. It's uh, realistically, so when we get a, a property, we, two things we ask for are address and price. From that, we can pretty much get a good feel for what we need to be in contract for, um, unless there's some major you know, foundation issues or there's, you know, a, the roof is missing or something, you know, just that's out of the norm. If it's a normal, you know, just kind of keep the same square foot and just re- rehab it. Uh, we can get a pretty good idea of where we need to be. So within you know five minutes, we're able to figure out exactly what we need to do. And with that, we, we go off of the buying criteria. We need to make at least, at minimum, 10% of the resale value. So if a property sells for, say, a million dollars, realistically in this area, two million is a better number. So if a property sells for two million, we need to make 200,000. So that was kind of a uh, criteria that we use. Grand times, it's a little higher, a little bit lower. It was something that we kind of uh, started sharing with our students that at least we think uh, we've seen a lot of these other programs like fortune builders and whatnot, where they kind of want you to buy at 60, 70 cents on the dollar minus the cost of repairs. And we were never big fans of that. So uh, something that we started sharing with our students was this kind of 10% philosophy. Uh, us personally, we probably switched to about 15% now just because we're getting pickier for, for stuff that we're going to take on because we're getting a lot of deals sent our way. Because we can be picky. Exactly. Yeah. But with our students, uh, I think, I don't know if you've mentioned that, but we recently started uh, AmericanFlippers.com and we've been taking on uh, quite a few students actually. And uh, it's something that we're proud of. And what we've kind of taught them was aim for the 10%. If you can make 10% of the after repair value, you, you got something good. So that's kind of what we're like. We, we look at the, uh, something you always want to consider is, we'll, we'll just use easy math. Uh, say you're looking at a million dollar property. Say we know it's going to sell for a million. Everything, all the comps are between 980 and a million 20. We expect it to sell for about a million. Uh, we'll, we'll walk backwards. So we'll, we'll subtract 100,000 for our profit, our 10%, probably now 15%, but we encourage our students to do 10%. Uh, we'll subtract the agent fees. So we'll say 5%, which would be about 50 grand. We'll subtract our rehab costs, which is a little bit different based on the project. Uh, we try to keep between 60 and $75 a square foot in the property. And then we'll subtract probably 2 or 3% for um, just like acquisition costs, um, hard money, points, closing, title, escrow, et cetera. And from there, well, that's where we'll come in with our offer price. Okay, makes sense. And if they say no, you just move on to the next one, right? We have, really. we have other strategies as well. Uh, sometimes we'll work in uh, some other factors on, hey, if you want top dollar, uh, maybe we'll, we can help you with this or that because we know a lot of agents. So we, we think there's other 
other techniques that can be utilized rather than just saying, sorry, on to the next one. Okay. So our, our goal, if there's any way for a property to exchange hands, we want our hands in on that transaction. Yep. Makes sense. And what is the agent incentive to work with you guys? A smooth transaction. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Do you offer them like the whole like triple dipping strategy? Yeah. We're totally open to that. Yes. We, we allow the multiple commissions. Um, we, we just try to take care of them to the best that we can. So sometimes we'll even go above and beyond to incorporate whatever makes sense for all parties. But uh, we're big fans of do not be selfish with the agents. Uh, they are a major lifeblood of our business. And uh, we, we try to treat that accordingly. So yes, definitely multiple commissions uh, as well as uh, whatever else needs to get done in order for them to bring the deals to us. And let's imagine that you have to start over. What would you guys do? With connections or without connections? Without. Go to meetups. Start meetups. Yeah. Start, start right there. Because you, realistically, you don't know exactly where you're going or, or what's going on in the market at that time. So going to meetups, it's a great way to meet a lot of other investors, a few agents, and kind of find out what's working or not. Because at the meetups, you'll find out, hey, do bandit signs work? No, they don't work anymore. They worked in 2009, 10. That's when those were working. Do mailers work? Yeah, mailers work in 95% of the country, but not the Bay Area. You They're know? harder with the mailers, and they become costly. And if you can't, if we didn't have, say, all the money that we have currently, I, I don't know how long some people can sustain that, you know? And then from there, you can kind of find your approach on how you need to start working to find properties. Yeah, no, it's amazing because we talk to a lot of people who go to meetups and a lot of people say they don't actually get deals from meetups. But I think we've dealt with at least 25% of people who we've met at meetups, we've done something with in some form or fashion uh, deal-wise. I mean, it's true. Like I got my deal from Elisa because I was her buddy at the meetup and yeah, without me going to meetups, I wouldn't have that opportunity. So I totally believe in that. Mm -hmm. Now let's flip the question. Now that you have connections, what would you do differently? With our connections? I'd be behind, I'd be behind the phone in a room for hours on end. If we had to rebuild everything, yes. There'd be a lot of phone calls. Knowing what we know now, we'll say if we're able to carry our knowledge over it's something we're actually working on for the whole AmericanFlippers.com is, is our own in-house software with a few clicks of buttons. We're able to get in touch with anywhere between 10, 50, 100,000 people. Um, and we've kind of created these systems to be able to uh, put the word out there uh, to, to the right people. So uh, I think we would utilize some of the techniques that, that we have spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy on developing. Uh, we would probably plug that system back in. And I think anyone who adapts that system within a month or two, you should have your first deal or two very easily. Can you go into a little bit more detail on that? So you guys have a software that connects you to agents or to direct home owners? Both. Okay. And then you're just going to be calling them saying, hey. They would be hearing from us in uh, m multiple outlets uh, all, all the way down to uh, their, uh, their, their computers getting pinged by us. And uh, we, we would make sure that uh, any form of communication, uh, they, they would be in touch with us. Okay, cool. Again, Amer AmericanFlippers.com. <laughs> if you're ever interested, uh, nowadays uh, we used to give it out for free. Now, now we're starting to charge for that. Uh, you guys have a new course now. Do you want to talk a bit more about that and like what people can learn from that? Yeah, no, I appreciate the plug. Uh, I've been plugging it enough myself. <laughs> uh, no, it's yeah, no, it's it's been good. Uh, we we started it. We started this about we started unofficially a year ago. We, we took on our first mentee. The guy knew nothing about real estate. He was just an old friend from college. Uh, was just sick and tired of his job at a bank. Felt like he had reached the glass ceiling and uh, just wanted out. So knew nothing about real estate. We brought him in. He ended up doing five deals in his first six months with us. And uh, from there, we kind of had our aha moment. Uh, we, we've been asked to speak at several meetups uh, across the Bay Area over the last year, year and a half. And from there, we've had a lot of other people that we have come that, that have come to us for advice. And uh, we'll, we'll sometimes we'll just give a couple of just very light tidbits of information. And uh, with that, uh, some of these people have called us a week later to be like, oh, my gosh, like I spent so many like thousands of dollars through this guy or that guy. and Just nothing came from it. And uh, but when you guys gave me this information for free and it already found me a deal. So we started having people be like, are you willing to like mentor us? And it just kind of started growing and growing where it got to almost a weekly point where people are like, Hey, are you willing to, are you willing to teach me? I'll come, I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do that. 
So we started kind of helping people out and we realized that it become it, it, it became very monopolizing on our time, um, which we, we loved helping people. We, we probably helped pro bono at least 30, 40, 50 individuals before we were kind of like, all right, I think we need to start charging for this because you have to put up some sort of gate. Otherwise, like we end up getting probably 20 phone calls a day uh, from random people trying to learn a lot of this stuff. And it got to the point where like, all right, this is getting a little heavy. It's taken up a lot of our time. So then it be kind of became uh, Hey, if you're interested, we offer these programs, we charge X amount of dollars, depending on what they want. And this kind of allows us to like properly focus on our students where to this day, we've had about an 80% success rate with all of our students. So we see a lot of these programs like Fortune Builders, uh, Rignatis, a few of these other ones. I think they got like a 94, 95% failure rate. So uh, we, we kind of do this hands-on. We only take on 10 at a time uh, with the idea that within six months or less, we want you to have at least a deal or two. And then we want to see you just go out there and flourish. That once they can get that first deal, it's the same for us. We have to have that aha moment. And once you have that aha moment... Uh, you can kind of replicate this. I'm sure you've seen that as well. Is once you do one, you can do two. When you do two, you can do five. When you do five, you can do ten. And you can start to slowly scale this business out. And that's what we've been kind of sharing with our students. As well as it's a, it's a great thing because we're constantly marketing. So we always have deals fall in our laps. And it's been another way. Like we just we actually just filmed a video today with one of our students at his new Los Gatos property that we passed on to him. So this would be a good one for him. And uh, it was nice that that fell into our laps. We passed it on to our student, and uh, it, it'll be a good it'll be a good project for them. So that's kind of where, where we've been heading as of recently, and we're we're kind of walking the line of do we want to go more full time into the teaching side of this? Um, and I think that's kind of where our heads are at. Uh, we're starting to uh, kind of branch this out. We're creating our own proprietary software to to help really jumpstart their marketing for very little money. And uh, that's kind of what this whole AmericanFlippers.com program is, uh, is is teaching, is is local Bay Area real estate investing uh, from two guys who uh, knew nothing, very little about real estate. And in two years, like I said, we bought uh, over $100 million worth of real estate, bought and sold, excuse me. But um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of what the, uh, the program has been teaching. And like I said, so far, 80% success rate. And uh, the one or two students who haven't done a deal yet, they're still working very hard. So we're staying on top of them. Some people are more motivated. Some people do more calls. Uh, one of our students might do uh, 100 calls a week, where another one might do 20 calls a week. So it's definitely a numbers game. There's definitely a level of determination. Um, but yeah, and our goal is to see everyone to the finish line so they can get at least one done. And once they've had that one, we think they can replicate the process because they now have a muscle memory uh, of how to get this done. Mm -hmm. And how much do you guys charge for your program? So we have three three separate programs. Uh, we, we do a weekend we do a weekend event. We'll, we'll be hosting that one coming up in the next couple of months. We'll be doing that once, maybe twice a year, uh, where we just charge five thousand dollars for the weekend, and we just lay it all out, all of the secrets, uh, access to our marketing software, uh, just chock full information. It's just nothing but nuggets, I and mean, we just give it all out. Uh, and then if people want more hands-on, we, we offer two hands-on programs. One's three months. Uh, we spend time with you every week. Uh, you get so many phone calls. We take them on field trips. We really just involve them in the process. Uh, that's 20000 And we offer a six-month program where they can bring in one friend. Same thing, field trips, uh, hands-on uh, experience, uh, a lot of one-on-one -on -one time, a lot of phone calls. We, we just kind of guide them through everything. Uh, all the golden nuggets are of course shared with them. And that's 40,000 for two people. Okay. Sounds good. And can you give us some mini action steps that you kind of give out in your lessons? Uh, I think right off the bat is um, start reaching out. Like, like Bobby said, go to meetups, find people who are pertinent in, in, in your industry and start building yourself a database. Um, get some connections with some agents. Uh, just get out there and do it. Go, go door knock. Just get out of your comfort zone and, and grow, uh, grow and build as you go. And uh, a real big one that uh, this is kind of why we started it as well is be genuine. And when you're with someone, when, when people put their money where their mouth is, they're actually going to probably about 50% do what they say they're going to do. Whereas if they don't, then they're just going to look out for themselves and kind of be on their own. Um, so when you are uh, dealing with other investors, other real estate agents, other people just that through the real estate community, be genuine 
honest and upfront with them. Don't, don't be trying to skirt around them and trying to just be like, I need to get my first check because you're going to, you're going to crash and burn. It's going to go around fast and it's not going to work out for you. And that's kind of why we started charging for this. We were helping people. And, you know, the whole idea is to work with other people in this community because that's how you grow. And I mean, that's why I work with Adam because Adam and I could both be doing this on our own. Would we be as successful as we are together? No, we wouldn't. We'd be doing just fine, um, but we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. And when other people can join us and also create, um, you know, a, a different type of synergy, it only benefits everyone versus if we help someone and then they just kind of go out and do their own thing. It's like, oh, I just heard you did a deal and you kind of used our techniques and now you're just kind of doing your own thing. That's cool. So now, now we don't share our information with you anymore. Um, cause it's it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're still going to do what we're going to do. Um, they do what they do. And it's just a relationship that you, you don't want to have. I, I think what Bobby's saying is just, just, yeah, always be a forthcoming, take care of people. We had a gentleman who we were given a bunch of information to a while back with the idea. He's like, Hey guys, as soon as I find a deal, I want to bring it to you. We're like, all right. So we shared with him quite a bit. This was like when we were earlier in our career and lo and behold, he got one using uh, not only our, our, our marketing techniques, but some of like the, uh, so, so like verbatim, some of the stuff that we were sending out, we, we, we'd actually hand over to him to kind of like reconnect with these people. Uh, he ended up doing a deal, uh, cut us out of it, and it was fine. But word got back to us. Uh, eventually, we saw him at a meetup. We, we called him out. He, he was very apologetic. Uh, but I, I think uh, what Bobby's saying is just be genuine. Like, um, it, go out there, do what you say you're going to do. Uh, we're huge fans of putting everything in writing nowadays. Uh, when you start dealing with these multi-million dollar transactions, especially when you're teaming up with people, if you don't have an airtight contract, everyone seems to do some form of mental gymnastic that'll yeah. start to favor them when it comes to the finish line. So uh, I think it's be genuine, get everything in writing, and uh, just do what you say you're going to do. And once you become a performer, it's nice when we can talk to a new agent and be like, oh, hey, here's 15 projects we did in the last nine months. That's a very powerful tool. Uh, we're not just some guys who are like, oh, we're just trying to figure this out. So we realize even with our students, we offer that to them where when you're part of our program, you have access to all of our off-market inventory. At any given time, we probably have five to nine properties off-market uh, that we're pulling around. And we, we share those with our students so that when they're out there reaching out to people, it's like, hey, like the company I work with has this much stuff going on. Oh, by the way, we're looking for our next project. And we realize that's very, very powerful uh, for the people in our close circle. Uh, reputation is so important, especially in this industry. So I totally understand that. So what are some typical failures that you've seen that people have been doing? We have a couple of buddies now who were getting too ambitious. Always be careful when you get access to other people's money and you, and you decide, you, you kind of start to like squint so much that it starts to kind of make sense, a certain deal. Like something that was your own money, you probably stay away from it. But we've been seeing people kind of use hard money, private money, none of their own capital, going in on something that's just not what they should have been going in on because they're like, hey, it's not my money. Uh, so I guess one big one is always be very cautious of your comps. Uh, never use the comps the agents send you. Learn how to analyze properties uh, on your own. Uh, don't do the mental gymnastics to make something work when you're first starting just to get in on a deal. What would you say? Yeah, we actually, we, we had a meeting with uh, a couple agents today and the, one of their clients had just sold a house where he lost uh, quite a bit of money on it. And the, the reason the agent said that he lost the money was he wasn't buying real estate with his own comps. He was using the agent's comps. So the agent was telling them, you know, this is what it's going to resell for. This is what you should buy it at. Done. Bought it. And then as everyone knows... Um, you, the agent's always going to sell you to the, to the highest to get the deal done. So it didn't work out too well for that person. The other thing I would say is buying real estate mid last year. <laughs> that one, we've seen that one uh, buy a few people. We have all it, lost money. I'm, I'm sure you included. That's, that's uh, me right there. Anyone who is a true player. <laughs> yes. If you, if you have not lost money in the last six months, you're not doing enough deals. Or you're just not doing deals in general. Every heavy investor that I know has lost money in the last six months. Ourselves, or they're holding out to wait for. Or those. they're holding out, and their holding costs are just killing them. And they, they, there's a good chance that it's not going to be successful. So everybody who is a major player in this industry has lost money in the last six months that we've seen. 
Uh, one other piece of advice I would give, I actually got this from John Pyle, and I always appreciated this. He once told me that the reason we're going to make so much money is because we need to get used to doing everybody's job for them. And as much as we've automated our business and slowly been able to back away, we've hired people and we've really kind of created a, created a kind of a, a thriving uh, environment here. But at one point, especially when we were kind of bootstrapping this, we would have to go in there and uh, sometimes do the final touches that our contractors might have missed. We had to be there to shepherd our agents to make sure they fully were like marketing this property. Uh, we had to be there to like, hey, like even like our cleaning ladies to be like, hey, why is there all this dust like here or here? Like every little thing, even down to the landscapers to be like, hey, man, there's not enough gorilla hair here. This looks terrible. You know what I mean? Or like, this sprinkler is not hitting that. There were so many little things that at one point that used to get us upset. Like you get mentally flustered that there's so many things that we're doing that why am I doing somebody else's job for them? But at the end of the day, they're getting paid 25, 30 bucks an hour or whatever that might be. We're going to make 50 to $500,000 on this project. Get used to being willing to do people's work for them. And that's why we're making the big bucks. That's so right. once you can get over that mental hurdle of, um, I have to, I have to wear 20 different masks. One of my guys, so we once had a guy, this is a fun story. We once had a guy who was working for us. Uh, he was one of our head marketers and we kind of taught him the secrets of uh, the, the calls. Like we really just had him work with agents. Uh, he, he found us quite a few deals using our techniques and um, eventually it got to the point where he was kind of like, Hey, like, I feel like I should get half of these. I want half of what, what I generate on these deals. And uh, after that, well, we, we encouraged him to say, Hey, if you want, I'll tell you what, we'll give you half, but we want you to bring those deals to fruition without asking us any questions. You need to go forward and go for it. And uh, his whole thing was like, step one, get them on the phone. I like, get the agents on the phone uh, and pass them to us. That, that was pretty much it. And what a lot of people don't realize is there's steps two through 28. Anytime you get a deal in contract, you probably need to make at least 75 to 100 phone calls to get money back in the bank if you're going to be doing a complete flip rehab with this. Uh, even a wholesale. You, you might have, because all the people you're going to talk to, some are interested, some aren't. Every deal we do, probably at least 100 to 150 phone calls from the day we talk to that first phone call and it's locked in contract to the day we get that off the books. And that 150 phone calls requires us to call real estate agents, landscapers, contractors, subcontractors, escrow agents, escrow agents uh, cleaning ladies, uh, all the way down to the end buyers, uh, the banks to make sure they're pre-approved. There's no funny business. Uh, the home inspectors. It goes on and on. So one piece of advice, especially for new wholesalers, don't get greedy. Never look at an investor and be like, hey, how much, especially if you, even if we're wholesaling something. One of my biggest pet peeves is when we go to sell a property to somebody and they're like, well, how much are you making? It doesn't matter. Are you able to make your margins? If it works for you, move forward. If not, because you might get a great property and contract for a million dollars that's worth $2 million and only needs 100000 worth of work. And if you tell someone that you got it for, if you tell someone the, the, the price you got it for, they're like, well, how about I just give you 800000 that's like, you're crazy. <laughs> you're still going to make a killing on this thing. Uh, that's an extreme example. But we'll say it's worth one five and it only needs 100K worth of work. Never shortchange people in this industry. Learn to have your metrics. And if a deal passes your criteria, allow people around you to thrive and prosper and, and move forward. That's been, um, I'm kind of speaking from the heart here. I'm lightly rambling. But that's been something that's been huge to our success is, we would never ask people who brought us deals like, well, how much are you making? We don't care. We learned that from the beginning. I don't care what you make. You know what I want. I want 10, to, I want 10 now I want 15%. Uh, but we've always stuck to our criteria. If it matches our criteria, we move forward. Yep, makes sense. I had a pretty random question. Your guys' company is called Aaron Homes. How did you guys come up with that name? <laughs> Adam Rolled Oback Nelson. Okay, got it. <laughs> pretty simple. We get asked yep. it all the time too. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's nothing fancy about it. We started thinking about some cool story about us and like the uh, yeah, yeah, the African jungles or something, but no, it's just yeah, just it, it's just uh, what was it, an acronym, I guess. Well, uh, the yeah. initials. Yeah, I mean, because you know we know you guys as Adam and Bobby. You know, like an A B, and then we see Aaron. We're like, wait, that's no one's last name. Where does this come from? True. No, yeah, that, that's actually my that's my name. So roll. A lot of people they uh, I go by Bobby. That's my middle name, Robert. Mm, got it. I have heard "roll" pronounced probably twenty different times over the years, twenty different <laughs> ways. Excuse me. So Ronald, Raoul. Ralph, yeah, Raoul. I've just heard it a million times, but well, at least twenty different ways. Some uh, really original. 
So I, I kind of applaud people when they come up with something really creative. But uh, yeah, no, Bobby's always just gone by uh, by Bobby to, to make it very just easy. But I, I think the name rolls actually really cool. Okay, got it. So those are all the questions I had for you guys today. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, no, for anyone who's uh, looking to get into real estate, it's a, uh, it's, it's a long, hard grind, but well worth it. Like Adam and I, uh, we both started in about 2007. And realistically, we didn't start making money off of real estate as a full-time job until about two years ago, two, yeah. three years ago. 2016 17, to 2017. No, 17, really, yeah. yeah. And so that, that's right there is about 10 years. Mind you, the, the first few years, we were just trying a different aspect of real estate as agents, which didn't work out for either of us. Uh, wasn't either one of our gigs. And we just kind of kept on going at it really hard. I mean, we, we have hit the ground running and just, we haven't looked back realistically the last 13 years, whatever it is. So if, if real estate is something you want to get into, it's, it takes time. It's not like I'm going to, you know, read a book about wholesaling and start doing, you know, quarter million dollar wholesales. Uh, there's a few people I know that have done them and they've been doing real estate for a long time. So there's no real, you know, there's no get rich quick scheme that goes on here. Uh, realistically, if, if you pay someone to help you uh, do real estate through a mentorship or a program, it's not just going to start giving you deals. You got to put in the time and effort, but the time and effort is well worth it. And on that, surround yourself around the right people. That, that old adage of uh, your net wealth is equivalent to the five people you spend the most time with. Very accurate. Um, I wish in hindsight... The problem is, too, like we've seen this with our academy, is uh, a lot of people, there's so many people that offer all these programs, and we keep hearing about all these people that kind of get burned, or they weren't able to actually learn anything, this, this, or that. I'm a huge fan of, even if it's not our, our uh, AmericanFlippers.com, even if it wasn't us, I would say find the right mentor who is doing what you want to do in the area that you want to do it, and add whatever value you can to their lives. Uh, when we first started, um, we would we would do anything. Uh, we would be we would be taking our mentors out to lunch. Uh, John Pivel was one of them. I'd always try to take him out to lunch. The guy was making a killing. I had really no money to my name, but I'm like, no, no, put your water away, John. Lunch is on me. Lunch is on me every time. Uh, anything he needed, anything I could help with, uh, I, I would try to help these people uh, and add just the maximum amount of value that I could. Uh, and Bobby as well, as we were learning this, uh, we would just try to give back anywhere we could to anyone who shared information with us. So I think it's just pivotal to find the right people, surround yourself around them, and uh, add value in any way you can, because you will be amazed at how quickly you can jumpstart your career by associating yourself with people who know what they're doing. I, I wish I would have known this when we first started, because we wouldn't have spent a year and a half spinning our yeah. tires. We would have went straight to the experts and we would have been like, uh, my cup is empty. Our cup's still empty. We're always learning. But our, our cups would have been empty and we would have been ready for knowledge. How can we How can we add value to your life? And I think that's a huge step for anyone getting into this is reach out to the right people and uh, just add as much value as you can. Be genuine and, and you will see that it, they will reciprocate 10x. And be willing to open the door you don't want to open. That's right. I love that advice. That, that's big right there. Yeah. True. When Bobby and I, a story, we were starting to implement some of our own kind of, I said we have these proprietary marketing techniques we've been using. And we were using these. When we first started using some of these techniques, there was a day where we received about 400 phone calls in one day. Uh, we were just getting blown up left and right. And it was just nuts. Like we were both like, oh, hey, uh, this, this is Adam uh, with Valley Investors. How may I help you? You know, who just like, hey, excuse me, please hold. You know, that type of thing. Eventually we just couldn't put people on hold. We just had to take them and then over the next four days, call back all these people who were blowing our phones up. And uh, with that, uh, I remember like, at the end of the day, we were both like sweating. Like we were just like malnourished. We had no time to eat, no time to drink. We looked at ourselves like, are we getting in over our heads? This is nuts. Our phone has been blowing up nonstop. Like, granted, we, we've learned these great marketing techniques, but are we in over our heads? Is this too much? And we both came with a consensus of, no, this is exactly where we want to be. If we are getting comfortable, we are not growing as businessmen. If at any point we get comfortable with what we're doing, I want to find the nearest door, nearest window, go into the next room that has a, a lower atmosphere, less oxygen, uh, just more uh, 
just the uh, more of the unknown that just takes us out of our comfort zone. And that's the room Puts I want to be pressure on. Yes. We always want the pressure on us because over time it's no longer pressure. It's Monday. And the more, the more doors you can enter that just constantly take you out of your element, take you out of your comfort zone and just grow you as a business person, you will just see yourself skyrocket. And that's been a huge secret to our success. Yeah, I love how you guys are so inspiring. Like, as you know, I recently wrote a blog post about how I got spanked really hard in the past six months. And to see that you guys who started around the same time I did are doing so much better, it just shows that, look, if I do the right things, I can get to your guys' level. Amazing words of advice. Thank you very much for sharing everything with me. How can people get in contact with you? They can uh, reach us at uh, AmericanFlippers.com. There's like a little ad, uh, you know, a place that you can put all your information down there. Or if they want, give us a call. Number is 408-755-6745. Again, 408-755-6745. And just, just get in touch with us. And we always love to chat. Thanks, you guys, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And hope to see you guys around soon. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Sean, greatly appreciate it. No, thanks for having us on your podcast. I really, really love what you're doing here. You've been providing great content. So thank you for taking the time to, uh, to get us on here as well. We appreciate it. Keep up the good work. We'll, we'll, we'll be chatting, Sean. You take care. Bye. Bye. Here are some of the key takeaways I got from speaking with Adam and Bobby. Be genuine and do what you say you're going to do. Don't shortchange people who bring you deals. As long as your numbers work, don't worry about what the wholesaler is making. And if you're just starting out, the best thing you can do is go to meetups. When you're new, you don't know what's going on, but you can meet a lot of other investors who do. Find out what strategies are working and what's not. Start reaching out. Get connections with some agents. Go door knocking. Do something. Add value to people, and they will reciprocate that by 10x. Grow and build as you grow, and constantly get out of your comfort zone so that everything that's scary to you today will just be, quote, Monday in the future. Remember, the reason we get so much money is because we do everyone's job for them. So get used to fixing other people's mistakes. And if you want to contact them, you can check out their website, AmericanFlippers.com. Thanks, and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second, and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at SeanPanRealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks, and have a great day.